Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson, and we are really thrilled to be back with you today. We actually have quite a wonderful and exciting passage to be in today with you, but it's also one that has caused a lot, lot, lot of problems for people who try to interpret it yeah. over the years. I'll be honest. So. I ask if we could skip this one, but <laughs> yeah. after we've talked about it, I feel much better. I'm yeah. excited about it. Yes, it is actually something to be excited about, but it's also quite difficult. So we're going to be in chapter 16, verse 1 and following, just so everyone knows. And we're continuing this um, series of parables that Luke has gotten us into since the beginning of chapter 15. He's told three parables. Mm -hmm. He's really just going to continue now with another parable mm -hmm. Jesus is telling. And it's actually linked to the last one by... Mm -hmm. um, this phrase in 16, one where it says uh, this man was wasting his possessions. Right. Is the same as in 1513. Yep. When same we heard words about where the... it says um, he squandered his property. Mm, mm -hmm. Yes. So, so, so why people don't interpret that with the same words, I'll never know. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, so, that's actually a connecting point to us. So it's not like Jesus has completely shifted. There's something... No. That They're we connected. should hear that goes together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, we were going to we are going to dig into that in just a moment. Just so you know, like we said before, this is the Eat Scripture podcast. You can also find our website online at eatscripture.com. You can see various things about our ministry there. Um, it'd be great if you wanted to visit there, take a look around, take a look at some of the resources we have available. All of our podcasts can be found online also. You can kind of go through that process from our website. You can find some other resources there and find out more what we're about. Um, we would also love it too if you would consider donating to the ministry. We uh, work by, we are a nonprofit and we work by donation. And so we continue to get this message out there about the Bible and how wonderful it is and how life-changing it is to come to God in his word this way, really um, get deep with him and let him show us the yes. things that he does fascinating and wonderful but more than that just creates a connection with god that really can't be gained uh any other way god has made his word like that so so we are blessed to be able to do this and blessed to be able to jump into places like luke chapter 16 as strange as they may seem at first sometimes and, the uh, strangest ones are the very best yeah you know it's you true. come out of it because you've wrestled with it yeah. And so you come out of it with a deeper appreciation. and Yes, you absolutely do. And rather than coming across them and then just immediately you read through them and you kind of run from them. Well, I don't know what that means. So right. I'll keep going yeah, until I, I find <laughs> yeah. something I know. Um, yeah. So it's an easy thing to do. But OK, you don't know it. So sit in it. Let God let God meet you in the middle of that, you know very concentrated effort uh, that you're having to come into his word because he wants to meet you there. He really, the word is alive. I do he believe he and, wants us to have and, to wrestle and think about things. Yes. Otherwise it's cheap. Mm -hmm. Right. It's too easy and we don't let it sink in deep enough. But if mm -hmm. you have to really wrestle with it, I think it gets in to your bones. Oh yes. And you just, it changes yes. how you think. So yes. And I have been told that there's an ancient Jewish thought that kind of goes with that, that when you run across things in scripture that you don't understand, 
that you should be happy on that day because that means there's a day in the future when God is going to show you some wonderful understanding, give you some wonderful understanding of that thing that has perplexed you until that point. So um, I heard that that's kind of a rabbinical understanding on some level. So I just love it. I just love that thought. So we're definitely going to get into one of those places today. I think let's start reading at 16.1 and probably read um, until we... I think probably just go on through 1613. So yeah, let's read 16, one through 13, and then we will have a very interesting discussion about that. Okay. He also said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do, since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I've decided what to do, so that when I'm removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in in that which is another's, who will give that which is your own? who will give you that which is your own. Sorry. Mm -hmm. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Great way to hear Jesus wind this up. You cannot serve God and money. So he's really driving that point home at the end. We can't miss that there's, you know, it would be silly of us, let's say, to miss that there's something here that Jesus is using to make a clear, clear distinction between the idea of serving God and serving money. And to try and mix the two is something we have to watch out for all the time. Mm -hmm. There's no way to make these two work together as hard as we might try in our lives to serve both God and money and to say, well, I'm doing you know, I'm doing what's right by God and I'm also going to take care of my money. And it's so easy to get to, to let that be a, it's, it's true that we need to do that, but it's very easy for money to become more important than it mm-hmm. should. That and we're serving it instead of it serving. That's right. So such a strong statement by Jesus here for should force us to reevaluate, always reevaluate. Am I doing what's right? with the money that I have, or am I really kind of getting greedy for myself and trying to make it into more than it is in my own life? So I I think it's just so important, especially when you live 
in a culture that's as blessed as we mm -hmm. are economically, financially. Right. So it's yeah. so easy to yeah. do that. So but let's um, let's go back. So how let's does that relate to, to the, this parable? <laughs> yeah, let's return to the beginning of the parable. Really, kind of walk through the parable again. Now, why do you think? What is it that hits you, Gina, about this parable that really kind of makes it difficult when we're reading it coming from Jesus's lips and hearing how he's using it? I think the part in verse eight where it says the master commended the dishonest manager mm -hmm. for his shrewdness. Mm -hmm. He's actually commended by the manager <laughs> of all people or by the master yeah. for getting less money mm -hmm. for the <laughs> for riding off part of the bill. That's right, right. For giving yeah. these people a big discount. Yeah. And I just, I still struggle a little bit. I, I know what we're saying and I, I see the truth of it. And I still though mm -hmm. kind of wrestle with the words here because yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard. And uh, wrestling with the words here is what has brought so many people into very difficult places trying to figure out what in the world Jesus is doing using this parable and how he means for the disciples to hear it. Because, because we have a very dishonest manager here. Yes. Nothing here says he wasn't dishonest. Right. There's nothing that and says And he doesn't that. even actually stand up for himself and try to fight back. So right. I think he, he knows, knows he's, he's been, been caught. Dishonest. Yeah, absolutely. And he knows he's been caught. And another crazy part about the parable is that we, when we do go back and take a closer look at it, we see in verse two, even that he was called before his master and the master says, what's this I hear about you turn in the account of your management for you can no longer be a manager. And even then somehow this manager has the ability to go to these debtors to the master and let them write off part of their bill. I mean, in some way he's got enough, the, the word hasn't spread yet or for whatever reason he's able to go and lower the bill mm -hmm. that is owed from these debtors to his master. And he does that. And then the crazy part that you were talking about, when the master finds out, he gets commended. The, the word that's used in the text, he's commended for being so shrewd about his dealings, commended by the very master who was firing him just a few verses ago. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think that is a real sticking point here. Mm -hmm. I think understanding that. Yeah. Yes. It's hard. It just leaves us in a difficult place. Okay, so I think um, I think that you know one of the one of the major problems we've had with this throughout the centuries is because the overwhelming negativity of the parable itself. I mean, we have this very negative story about a man who's obviously doing wrong by his master, is being removed from his position, but then we wind up at the end seeing him commended uh, for by his master, the one who's going to fire him. And then Jesus's words to his disciples talk to them about being shrewd in their dealings uh, with the riches that they've been entrusted with yeah. here in this world yeah. and that they would do right by others with them so that they too would be received into right. eternal houses in, in right. Jesus's way of It makes talking. me wonder um, if, because we don't know how he was being dishonest. Mm-hmm. And since he is commended for this after he does it, mm -hmm. makes me wonder if he was adding to the bills 
and taking money off the top. Mm -hmm. And so now he's going and making that right. Uh, that's an interesting thought, I suppose. Um, something we can't be sure of, but yeah. it's a possibility. I don't know. That um, just occurred to me just now. Yeah. We were talking how about. was he being? How was he being evil? How was he being wicked with his charge? Is a good question. I mean, we don't know mm -hmm. exactly what he was doing, but uh, certainly, I would say in some way, you would think he's skimming off the top. I mean, in some way, he's mismanaging mm -hmm. the money of the master and doing something wrong. Right. Now, in light of the parable, though, and in light of who Jesus has been talking to and is talking in the presence of, who do we know he's talking? We know he's talking to the disciples. We know that. That's right. we, we just read through this and saw that. Says, That's he very also clear said to his end. disciples. Yeah. yeah. And so who's he talking in the presence of and has been in the presence of since 15 -1? The Pharisees. Yeah, Pharisees who've been upset about the way that Jesus is talking um, about sinners and tax collectors and letting them come so close to God, that kind of thing. He's been talking in the presence of these Pharisees for a while. Right, and even in verse 14, it says the Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all these things. There we go. We know they're still here. We know they're still here. They're still listening to what he's saying. They're still hearing what he's saying. So there's no question in my mind that this parable is in part for them. Jesus right. knows full well what he's doing. He knows who his audience is. He knows who all's listening to him. So, so he's throwing this parable out. He's putting this parable out there. And it has a connection to, like you said already, it, this wasting of wasting his possessions in 16.1 right. is directly connected. It's the same wording that's used of the way the father's um, inheritance that was given to his younger son was wasted by that younger son right. whenever he went out. Right. And in both cases, the rich man in this case and in the other, the father. Mm -hmm. The father would have been the rich man. Neither one were so concerned about money. Their possessions themselves in and of themselves. That's right. They were upset that they were being misused. Yes. But willing to, that wasn't, didn't seem to be the big concern. That's right. That they didn't have enough. It, yes. That wasn't it. So let's take that into account. Let's remember then too, that in the parable that we just read, it ended with, how did that parable in chapter 15 end? The parable of the prodigal son. What, what's the last paragraph in that parable about? Um, well, it's about them celebrating. There's a celebration going on. And son coming back. Oh my goodness. And the older brother being upset about it. Oh, the older brother is so upset about how the younger brother is being received. Younger, the older brother's been good the whole time. Right. And now it seems like younger brother's getting everything to which the father responds, look, it was yours all the time. Oh, yeah. This has been available to you all the time. You're the one who's acted like this is a work camp. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I'm I'm prepared to celebrate with you at any moment. I'm ready. I'm right here. We can all, Now we're going to celebrate because your younger brother has come home. And this would be a celebration for us all, too. So you're the one who's caused this issue, not me. And I want you to be able to enjoy all of this with me, too. Stop having that attitude you have right now, which is... Hey, those who've not done rightly by you, Dad, need to be held feet to the fire. 
They need to be held to account. Your younger son needs to be held to account. Okay, now we walk and straight like there's a into shortage of, of uh, benefits. Right, yeah. Acting like that, acting like there's, there's some, not a shortage, not going to be enough. That's what no, that'll never be saying. the issue. There's plenty yeah. for everybody. That's right, exactly. So, so harboring this kind of resentment toward them is not helpful at all. Um, everybody can enjoy the bounty if they come with the right attitude. Right. Now we walk from that parable straight into this parable. Parable. I mean, there is no break. He finishes one parable, then he also said to the disciples, this parable. Now, this parable is about, again, oh, I have this manager who's mismanaging the master's goods, yes. the master's money. So very similar. Yes. And the master comes to the one who's mismanaging and says, hey, you, I found out about you. And what you're doing, you're out of your position now. But the shrewd manager turns around and starts forgiving, let's use that word, forgiving the debts that are owed to the master. And then the master commends him for forgiving the debts of those who are indebted to the master. He likes him for this. This is what he, he is very impressed with the shrewdness, the wisdom the, another word for wise that is being used here by um, by the master uh, by the ma- manager yeah. and so whenever whenever we see this and connect it to the parable before and what we had just finished with in that parable talking to that older brother who was being so resentful to the to this younger brother who should oh needs to be held feet to the fire needs to be held accountable for all these bad things that he's done to the master oh, wait a second, this story, this story is about Pharisees who've been put in charge of, in charge is here in quotes, hear me talking the way this is, but who've been put in charge of the goods of God's house. That's what they should be managing well. They're over, they're overseeing proper religious um, ways of practicing. And so whenever they, if they manage well or mismanage well, has everything to do with well, whether or not they're acting in a way that God would want them to. Right. And they're requiring a lot of the people that they are managing. Right. Managing. They, you know, managing, overseeing. The Jewish people are being required right. to do each letter of the law perfectly right, right. Even beyond. Yes. And... What he's commending here would be them actually giving some grace. Oh, a grace. Grace is what is filling God's house. That he graces his God. Grace is God's currency. Right. And they are dealing in God's currency. And are they going to be extending that currency or withholding it from those who are in debt to God? And so are they going to be good managers or bad managers? Here comes God finding out that his managers have been mismanaging his great abundance. And he says, ha, for your lack of good management, you're out. Yes, they've been, they've been wanting to hold feet to the fire. You don't get forgiveness until you give it all back, until you do everything you have to do to get to, to make up for all the bad you've done. Instead of going to these people and saying, Hey, 
the father, the master, wants you to just come talk to him, wants you to just, we know you've done wrong, we know you're, you're in debt to him, but he wants you to just have a relationship with him. Just Guess what? That's where steps. he yeah. wants, yeah. So, hey, you don't have to do every, God's not looking for you to dot every I and cross every T before he gives you his love. He, he wants to do that. Just take steps. Just take a couple steps toward him. He will run to you. He'll make make a beeline for you. This is what God wants. That's the kind of managers he wants over his house. Because these, this manager was afraid of how he was going to survive, he could have handled this in so many different ways. Yes. He could have gone out and tried to get more. Right. He could have. And put it in his pocket yes. so that he would be okay. To try and make himself okay later on. Yep. And yep. That's kind of what the Pharisees would probably be doing. Yeah. But, uh, but instead, instead, he did the right thing. Yeah, and, he takes uh, it as an opportunity to to show forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 then the ma- master comes along and commit. This is the crazy part of the parables. What, we see the master the commend. To do up here. Yeah. And so then to turn around to the disciples and talk to them about how they need to act similarly that's definitely what jesus is implying in verses 10 through 13 is that they need to act similarly to this shrewd manager and this is why we get stirred up when we read the pharaoh we're like wait a second is he saying to be unrighteous to do unrighteously no but the parable itself is told in such a way so that yes when you look through the parable to what's really going on to how jesus is using it to talk about god and and the bad managers who've been over his household he's really kind of extending an opportunity to the pharisees here too hey you can come on board you don't have to god god's going to take you out of your management position but if these pharisees will turn around as individuals go start going out to people and extending god's grace and love and stop demanding of people that they well you got to fast this many times and you got to do this Give many this ask forgiveness like this, this and, yeah that's right before all God leave things. and accept you, you yeah. got to do get all this right in your life. If they will start extending grace, then they will, I, I'm convinced, be allowed to, to stay in a position of influence over, you know, God's household. As we're talking about this even now, I'm seeing this even closer because one thing that's really interesting to me is that at the end of chapter 15, mm-hmm. with this parable with the father and son and the older brother, mm-hmm. we don't get really the end of the story. Right. We don't really know how the older brother is going to respond. Is going to respond. We don't. He has just left hanging. Man. But I think it's not completely because I think he's telling us a story here about how the older brother is supposed to respond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how we're supposed to respond. We're supposed to be joyful for those coming into the kingdom. Um, Instead of being, or the Pharisees even, but us too. I mean, it's so like us to look at people like this older brother Mm -hmm. and say, hey, I've been doing things all along the right way. Why are they getting this? Right. They have been messed up. They've been out, you know, Mm -hmm. squandering everything. Mm -hmm. And now they're coming in and getting better treatment than I am. Yeah. And he's saying, no. Mm Mm-hmm. This is not how you're supposed to respond. You should be joyful for them and extend grace mm-hmm. and realize because I just mm-hmm. see this all. These parables are totally connected. Yes. 
it's an extension of this story. Totally. Completely. Yeah, I, I see it as an absolute extension. He's continuing the same story, same uh, points that he's been making. He's continuing to make through this story. I think the so older too. brother was being greedy. Right. The older brother was being greedy with the father's stuff. He what couldn't he believe that? that the father was sharing that stuff with the, no, he wanted to manage his father's household and say, no, we're not giving any grace to that one who's just come back. That's done. No, not until he shows real side years of working like one of your servants, maybe. And then we'll start showing him a little grace back, but God just accepts him right away. That's the very thing the Pharisees did not want to do with people is to extend that kind of grace and love. And the older and this manager just like the older brother, I think, is being given the opportunity to mm -hmm. do the right thing. Yes. Absolutely. That's grace, too. That's grace, too. Grace for him. Yeah, exactly. And he, yeah. he did take that opportunity. Yeah, he, he takes it. Absolutely right. So now the disciples are getting a you know, very strong uh, lesson on what it means you guys are, you guys, they know they don't understand this yet, I think, but you guys are about to be managers of God's household. Right. How are you going to manage it? How are you going to act? They are supposed to act like the shrewd manager. Are they supposed to be dishonest? No, that would be silly. That's a silly way to go with the, mm -hmm. let the story be what it is. The story can be just a story, but it has connecting points. Not every single, don't be unrighteous. Not every single tiny word point but as a whole the idea is to be the kind of manager who extends grace because the master isn't looking the master's first desire is not for himself to be paid back on every single level by every individual before he extends grace his desire is to see just that people have a desire to come back to him have a longing to come back to him and then he's going to meet him halfway look you don't i don't need you to die every eye and cross every t that's already been done by jesus i just want to see that there's there's a willingness to come my way because i am looking to forgive lots of issues all these issues can be forgiven yeah i just have, want you to have a heart that wants to return more than you can imagine that's right yeah it's endless and yeah so yeah Oh, it's just beautiful when you see it that way. All of a sudden, this parable makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. But we get stuck on words like shrewd and unrighteous and stuff. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, what do yeah, we do with those? Yeah, I don't have those? a good feeling when somebody says to me shrewd. That's, yeah, shrewd is not. But it's not a bad word. It's absolutely it's just, not. It's actually the exact same word that gets people. used in Matthew whenever uh, Matthew says we're supposed to be as shrewd as serpents and as right. harmless as doves. So he's, uh, you know, hmm. now it gets translated as wise several times. It's used exactly 16 times. Shrewd is used 16 times. Shrewdly is used once right here. Um, and it's the same, same exact root. So for that root, we have exactly 17 uses in the New Testament, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and so great number 17, but, but it's often translated wise. Um, and so we don't always see what Jesus is saying, but in the, you know, same as in the parable of the 10 virgins, when they have their oil, the ones who have the oil are called wise, Amen. but they're actually, it's the same word. True. Right. So we're supposed to be like them. We're supposed to be like this manager here. We're supposed to have some wisdom in our dealings that leads to the idea that we will be, we will find ourselves 
in a good place it would uh, in the end because we have because we have done right by what what we've been in charge of well, because... we want to treat other people the way god is treating us mm -hmm. and he as it shows in this parable he gave this manager the opportunity yes to extend grace yes he extended grace to him so yes. we extend grace to others. He's extended so, so much grace and continues to, to us yeah. and to these disciples that as they go out and they're managing yeah. for God, mm -hmm. he, they will extend grace as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, Agreed. And therefore have a place to receive eternal dwelling. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Well, cool story. man, beautiful story. I do love it. Love the connection it has to the previous chapter. And, and I think when he says you cannot serve God in money. Mm. Yes. Money is a big part of this oh, whole yeah, sure. story because people are greedy and that's what we're always. So it's easy after. to make a point yes. that way. Yeah. But it's about serving God in anything else. In anything with everything. Yes. Yeah. Money's an easy way not to make letting, a point not in, in a good way. Things. But yeah, absolutely everything get between us and god so. mm -hmm. yep well we're going to end right here today we're right at the end of our time so we will um stop this right here and we're going to continue in chapter 16 next time the context has not ended at all uh, we're going continues. to keep <laughs> on going um very close connections between this and the verses that follow so we will take a look at this next time we are so glad you could join us we hope you're having a great holiday season. Look forward to talking to you soon. And we just pray that God's blessings are over your whole family. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you very soon. God bless.